1: Welcome back to Jamie D and Big Newt. I'm Jamie D'Amico. He's Big Chris Newton. We're coming at you after a hard-fought Buffalo Bills playoff victory against the Indianapolis Colts. Survive and advance big man. They're moving on to the next
0: round. Yeah, man. I tell you, dog. we did. We look good. I know it was a heart attack waiting to happen. Um, but yeah, but the best part of the weekend, not only did we win, was, uh, I got a chance to come up there and watch the game with you, old friend, and that was the best part, and joining in in the Bills backers at the bullpen, you know, everybody was there, Santella, Jeff, Tutu, Bob, Charles, Greg, and his kids, Dave, who went to Notre Dame, and we got a picture that you need to put online with Bills Vader, you know? Yeah, we got Bills Vader
1: and the classic picture of, well, video of after a Bills score, and it's tradition when we watch games together, Big Newt throws me in the air like I'm a toddler. And this time, you actually threw me over your shoulder and started walking around with me.
0: Yeah, man. You done lost a couple pounds. So, yeah, I could get you over the shoulder and walk around with you, man.
1: Oh, man. I, you know, I saw the, the when I saw the video of that, I was like, wow, I look really skinny these days. And you just, I mean, it's like I'm a toddler. <laughs> the way you throw me around.
0: It's hilarious.
1: <laughs> yep. So, diving right into it, the Indianapolis Colts played a hell of a game. And the Buffalo Bills were, at, in fact, dominated statistically in just about every category. The Colts put up 470 yards of offense. The Bills came out with a victory. So, let me ask you the question. Is this very telling of the resilience of the Bills team that we have here, that they can overcome adversity and still win games despite not playing their best? Or
0: is this an indictment
1: that the Buffalo Bills are not as good as we thought they were?
0: No, I think it's the uh, former. I think this was just a stinker game. And and, and you and I talked about it in length while we were together this weekend. I didn't like all the dancing, the video, in case you all haven't seen it um on thursday with them playing um mc hammer i think it was "Can't touch this and they dancing around and and so some people can look at it as a hey the team is loose but then when you lose it makes it look like you're not prepared you know what i'm saying so i i as a former player i didn't really care for it because we haven't been here in 25 years you know what i'm saying um we weren't as sharp as I think we usually are, but I get it. It's the first home playoff game, um, the first time with fans in Bill State. I'm sure that was very emotional for a lot of people. So, um, yeah, I mean, I'm glad we came out the, with the win. I think um, when you make a run to the Super Bowl, you got to have luck happens. And, uh, yeah, when, when, uh, when Josh Allen fumbled that ball, and uh, we recovered oh. it. That was very lucky because that could have went the other way and really turned out bad. Absolutely. And, you know, the Colts made
1: some dubious decisions and had some some underperformance in some areas. For example, they dropped six passes on the day. Unbelievable. They went for it on fourth down uh, at the, the two-yard line and didn't get it. Gift for the Buffalo Bills. In fact, going into that play, I was thinking to myself, they're not going to get this. I don't know why they're not taking the points. Um, you know, they uh, they punted when they should have gone for it. They challenged a play that obviously was a reception. And hats off to Gabriel Davis. That guy. Oh my God, he has such body control and awareness of the football field. His his tap dancing toe-touching ballerina receptions on the sideline were absolutely clutch in this game. And the Bills wouldn't have won without him. And just a great performance by him uh, on his four receptions. Um, but I, there were things that could have gone a different direction in this game. And the outcome could have been different. But the Bills, other than Josh Allen with that ridiculous uh, 20-yard sack and fumble, I was actually really thrilled watching the game when the when the ball wasn't there. He was just throwing it away and letting the team punt. Now, field position was an issue, but I loved watching Josh Allen get rid of the ball and throw it out of bounds to live to fight another day. It showed it just it showed so much maturity.
0: Yeah, man. And I want to reference uh Kyle Brand over at uh Good Morning Football okay, on the NFL Network, and he was talking about the Josh Allen day, and Josh Allen had a great day, okay, 324 yards, two TDs. He led us in rushing 54 yards, one TD, so it counted for three in total. And so Kyle Brent said that the old sugar high uh, Josh Allen came out, okay, and what he calls sugar high is when you give the kid, your kids, a lot of sugar. They just bouncing off the wall and doing crazy things. Okay. And that's what he described that fumble. Once again, I'm referring to the fumble in the fourth quarter where um, we took like the 25 yard loss. Josh Allen, because you just said it, that he threw the ball away. He lived to fight another day, except for that play. Okay. Right. And so that's the sugar high, Josh Allen. Remember, we used to see a lot of that from his rookie year. And we haven't seen a lot of sugar high Josh Allen. This season, but it reared his ugly head that day, and that could have been devastating. But we won, and I don't want to harp on that because I will be the first one to tip the hat to Josh Allen. Man, he, he made some throws, dude. You referred to one of them um already, and our receivers did a great job at toe tapping. But I tell you, man, him on the run and him putting those pinpoint passes where the receivers can only catch and toe tapping out of bounds, that means he's using every Inch of the field, and we've been seeing that all season. We've been seeing it all season for him where he'll roll out and he'll throw it to only down low, or he'll throw it to a corner where it got toe taps where only our receivers can get it. He's using every inch of the field, and a lot of guys can't do that. You're right. And that touchdown pass to Stefan Diggs what a
1: thing of beauty Beautiful. that was! I mean talk about ball placement, and I'm on the record as saying Josh Allen is never going to be a ball placement quarterback, not in the Aaron Rodgers mold. Well, guess what? He's showing that, in fact, that's what he's becoming. We're seeing it happen before our eyes this season, and I want to give kudos to somebody else. Cole Beasley, with seven receptions, led the team. The dude was playing with a bad knee, and he was limping. Every play, every time they showed him on the field, he was, dude was limping and it didn't even look like he should, should be out there, but there he was making plays and man, tough guy.
0: I, I love me some Cole Beasley. I love him too, man. He's tough as nails. And to come out on one leg, dude, give us 60 yards. And he has some big uh, catches, man. I tell you, he, he really moved the chains as he's been doing all year. But what else do you expect from an all-pro receiver? And that's simply what he is. Yeah.
1: And we talked about that during the game. And I'm like, no, he's not an all-pro. You're like, yes, he is. <laughs> and who did you say uh, said that he was the the best slot receiver in the
0: game. That was uh Peter King. I believe he received one vote for all pro and it was him and he described him as the best slot receiver in the league. And so he feels like and some others feels like that it shouldn't just be the X and Y receivers and uh excuse me, X and Z receivers on the outside. You should have a slot guy there. And so he voted for him and he made it and it's well deserved. I know a lot of people were questioning that, but look at his statistics compared to some of the other guys that did make it, but I think it's well deserved, man. And, and it, the better you are, the more honors you're going to get. We're a 13-3 and team and mm-hmm. thank God we pulled it out in the first round of the playoffs too. So I mean, the New Orleans Saints, they had like six or seven people like the last couple of years make all pro. You know what I'm saying? So the better you are, the more honors you get. And I think he's well-deserved of it. You know, you make a great point
1: uh, because, like, for example, the Texans, horrible record, four wins.
0: I think you can make a case that Deshaun Watson should be in the MVP conversation. Yeah, with his statistics. Yeah, and I, I believe he still made the Pro Bowl, though. But mm-hmm. you know, all pro is when you mix the AFC and the NFC is simply the best in the league. You know what I'm right. saying? And pro While well, the pro bowl is split up between the two uh, conferences. So he is a pro bowler. But, yeah, that's quite unusual that you get that honor and you coming off a losing team. Mm-hmm. So that just shows how much respect that he has amongst the league. But I think they also know that this is a one-off. And uh, the fact that he'll probably get back in there once they start winning again. But right. speak, but speaking of him, now have you heard the rumors um, that he wants to be traded because he don't believe in the political views of the owner for the Texans? So um, it was rumors that he might be getting traded to, I think, Miami inquired about him for Tua and maybe the number three pick. And maybe Dallas was looking into trading for him. So we got to keep eye on that, too. Yeah, that
1: would kind of be the worst to have him end up in the division. What I do not want to happen is uh, another all-pro, perennial pro bowler ending up in the division. I The Bills don't need that. And Miami, as good as they were this year with a rookie and with Fitz at quarterback – They might end up being a Super Bowl favorite if
0: he ends up on the team next year. And, damn it, we don't need that, do we? I I totally agree with you. I I don't want to see that guy. But, I mean, where we're going, I mean, well, I I don't want to talk about the future now, I guess. But, yeah, I mean, we don't want to see him in our division if we don't have to. So, go on to Dallas. I mean, I'm all for that. Yeah, please. And not to mention, it makes for some great intrigue when you have
1: a, a Dak Prescott. As a uh, as a free agent, figuring out where that's going to go. Uh, knowing our luck, he would end up in uh, New England, but they don't seem like the type of team to do that.
0: And also, real quick, um, since we're talking about rumors, did you hear on Friday that uh, that we're trying to get talks of uh, this summer going ahead and giving uh, Josh Allen that extension um, and a new contract? And I'm sure the way he's playing now, we're going to be looking at Deshaun Watson, Patty Mahomes type money oh yeah um they're they're talking significant
1: is the word that's being used, so are are we looking at thirty five million forty million a year, and if that's the case, what does that do to your salary cap going forward? I mean this upcoming season, I would think that they would probably not uh, begin the new contract until after this upcoming season with a reduced um salary cap, but I don't know. Is Josh Allen the type of guy to take less money because he wants his teammates to have more? Or is he the type of guy who is going to ask for the market rate? I I don't think you can blame him for that. You know that the players union doesn't want him to give a hometown discount. Um, Frankly, if I'm Josh Allen, I try to make as much money as I can when I can.
0: Yeah, but like we always talk about, once again, we had the whole, whole season to really dissect this. But um, once you pay your quarterback, man, that's your team. So, once right. again, you have a high – and this is the price of success. I mean, we wanted a franchise guy, so, yeah, you got to pay a king's ransom. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, it's kind of like a guy like you with your lovely wife, man. Hey, man, you can't be a broke dude with a pretty wife like you got, man. You better have a little money behind you, so <laughs> – <laughs> I'm, just joking, no, I'm just joking yeah i i'm poor though um <laughs> she, she loves me for me newt for your personality <laughs> i got it no but i'm just joking though but oh, yeah by this- the way Go by ahead. the way
1: i uh referred to you earlier as newtavious when i was speaking to her and she lost it laughing <laughs> Losix. New Tavius. Like yeah,
0: I call him New Tavius. We call him that for years. You love the Tavius. I remember you said that it was like 10 years ago. You was like I love all the names like the Tavius and the stuff at the end and you just put Newt with it. So Yeah, well, it started with Barkevius Mingo. Yep. And like
1: like what the hell kind of name is Barkevius? <laughs> <laughs> and then I, I just, I, I started noticing more of the Vias names. I'm like, oh, well, you, you could be an honorary Tavius. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That is hilarious. So this game over the weekend was not without a significant loss. Zach Moss going to miss the rest of the playoffs, injured his ankle on a play that uh, was initially ruled a fumble. Um
0: that hurts, man. It does. What are they gonna do? It does. And I don't know if you saw today, as of the recording, a couple hours ago, we signed uh Devontae Freeman out of Florida State. He's a seven year veteran, I believe. He was released by the Green Bay or by the New York Giants. He's a power runner and uh yeah, so we signed him to the practice squad. And that's why I was like, man, we're gonna have the best practice squad in the world because we Seriously. signed him. We signed Kenny Steele last week, and now we got Devontae Freeman, somebody who rushed for a ton of yards in this league. So uh and like I posted, I posted it on uh, Facebook today, man. I mean, I would love to see, and I and I love Zach Moss. I love him to death. But uh, it's next man up, and I would love to see more of Antonio Williams. Maybe Antonio Williams can get a couple of carries because he ran hard against Miami, so I would love to see him. So we added depth to the running back position. I think we'll be okay.
1: Man, Antonio Williams getting a lot of love from Bills Mafia. Um, But, you know, back to Devontae Freeman, I I like that they're going with a – at least adding to the practice squad, that they're going with a veteran, although we have to be honest here. This is not the Devontae Freeman that played in the Super Bowl with Atlanta. This is a very different, often injured, non productive Dante Freeman. Like, he's just, he's not that good anymore, but he's good for, at this point, he's probably their fifth stringer. Uh, I'll bet you they are putting him behind, um, behind Singletary, TJ Yeldon, and Antonio Williams, um, yeah, that basically brings him down to the fifth string. Yeah,
0: that could be true.
1: Which is fine with me because, you know, he's considered to be a good dude. Uh he's he's a leader. This is this is the kind of guy I want around for a playoff run, a guy who's been there before. And I I think that veteran leadership is something that's underrated in a lot of cases. And you know the the McBean process mumbo-jumbo that they talk about all the time. They wouldn't have brought him in if they didn't think he was going to be good for the team during this process.
0: Yeah, I agree. I mean, like I said, he spent some time in the league. He could probably – hopefully he could be a veteran presence there. Um He's seen playoff games, so he's been there. So I think it's more or less than that. And I do agree with you. He's probably number five on the depth chart. I mean, and that's fine because we also have Tywan Jones, right? We oh still, yeah, they got um, him too. Yeah, and so TJ Yell and Devin Sicks. So I mean, it just brings depth and somebody with experience. But I do agree. He, I mean, we kicked the tires on him. He probably isn't the guy he used to be, but once again, no. experience, that leadership, veteran presence, um, that can hurt us the next, hopefully, three games. That said, had the Atlanta Falcons handed him the ball a
1: little more frequently, they would have won a Super Bowl instead of handing it to the Patriots.
0: Yep. I totally agree, Bastards.
1: man. <laughs> Bastards. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> so... There is a game coming up this weekend because what happens? You survive, you Mm -hmm. advance. And who is that game against? None other than the Baltimore Ravens, the team that the two of us are on record as saying is the one team that we did not
0: want to face in the
1: playoffs.
0: How are you feeling about this? I mean, we've already said it. We're already on record, man. Um what happened – well, let's talk about the weekend. We can't talk about this game without talking about the weekend as a whole around the league. Excellent. We, we, Excellent point. We wanted Pittsburgh, and and the reason why we wanted Pittsburgh is what you saw on Sunday night. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, we. I just wanted that versus us because that's literally what, what Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns did to them is what we would have done with them if they would have just got past Baker Mayfield. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what we wanted. So instead, we have a, a Ravens team that knocked off Tennessee, okay, and they're coming in the playoffs hot already too. Um, they have one of the most dynamic athletes in the NFL, Lamar Jackson. Now, so when you think about that, we had to go back and look at the game last year when we played. We lost to the Ravens 24-17. Okay, mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson had 145 yards and three touchdowns. Okay, and he ran for another 40 yards. Okay, but I guarantee you, when Josh Allen had 146 yards passing in one touchdown, and rushed for like nine yards. His QBR was like 15. Okay, yeah, so terrible. One thing I can say is we're not going to score 17 points. I promise you that. I could I can, right. I can slap the table. That's not even my table. This is my son's table. I'm I'm in his desk. This I I record from his room, okay, because it's a little smaller, so I don't want the echo. But this is his desk. He works from. Um, but yeah, I guarantee you a couple of things. We're not going to score 17 points. We're going to score more than 17. And I guarantee you, Josh Allen is better than 16 QBR or 15 QBR and 146 yards passing. I call him He's a, a totally player. different player. Right. So this is the same Josh Allen from last year. Okay. And number two, or yeah, number two, I know that Leslie Frazier and uh, uh, McDermott is going to devise a, fa- a plan once again to contain Lamar Jackson. Okay. Cause we've already proved it. You know what I'm saying? So, we don't – and you notice what Tennessee was doing. They was bringing a lot of pressure, and he had an amazing – if you haven't saw the highlights, please go look. He had one of the amazing runs in NFL playoff history. Oh, yeah. When they blitzed and he scrambled, right, he ran like a 50-yard touchdown. That was amazing, okay? And so I don't think that's necessarily going to happen to us. All we had to do was play zone – don't anybody turn their back in coverage to him. Don't blitz. We just play a tame type defense, and then make him beat beat. Make him beat us from the pocket. And I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think they have the receivers to do it. I don't think he has the Ackerman to do it. So keep him in the pocket. Make sure he don't kill you on the ground. Contain the run. We're going to hang thirty points on them and. I think it'll be the same thing, except we will score more points. I'd say like 30-something to 24 again. I feel oh, wow. I have all, all the faith in the world we could win this game with that personnel and our coaching staff. They can win that game. They have to play better on defense than they did against the Colts. Agreed? I do agree. But Philip Rivers, but I do have – that's a caveat to that because Philip Rivers played well, dude. I mean, he, he played well with the short passing game, man. And we had a couple of blown coverages also, like the touchdown that was on Milano where he dropped up in the zone. I think Johnson was supposed to come over the top, and he looked at him like, what, you supposed to be there? So that was just a blown coverage. But he – I mean, I don't right. remember a pass that Rivers threw over 10 yards. I mean, so no. he's not the guy that's at this point that could push the ball downfield where our quarterback can he never really
1: did have much of an arm on him.
0: Now, one of the things I think we're going to see a lot of
1: the rest of the way is Frank Reich drew up he drew up a great game plan. And yeah. one of the things that he did was split out his tight ends wide and get them uh in positions where they were going to be covered by uh by cornerbacks, specifically Levi Wallace. Levi Wallace is not a large guy. He's Certainly no Trey White in coverage. I mean, who is, except for a handful of other guys. And you saw a lot of passes to Jack Doyle. Now, that is something that you're definitely going to see the the Ravens do. They've got a good tight end themselves. Mark Andrews, the guy is somebody who can, he can hurt you. He's, he's a good t- receiving tight end, a good blocker. Seems like they've always had those in, in Baltimore, by the way. But anyway, um, you're you're going to see that, and I'm going to be very interested to see how the Bills scheme around that. But the thing to be nervous about with Baltimore is that running game that they have. They, I mean, if it's not Lamar Jackson, it's J.K. Dobbins, and if it's not him, it's Gus Edwards who's weighing in at about 240. And they're, uh, they're a scary rushing offense. And their defense, you know, the Bills are already saying they're the best, they're the best defense that the Bills have seen, we'll see, this year. And they have three excellent cornerbacks. They get after the passer really well with Juden and, uh, oh, God, what is his name? I never pronounced it correctly. Ngakwe? Mm Mm-hmm. Is that that how you say his name? I believe. Okay. They get after the quarterback well, and Buffalo is probably not going to try doing an awful lot of running because after the game against the Colts, it was pretty much obvious that Buffalo should be throwing the ball and not running it. So uh, I think the Bills are going to win this game too. Now, I need to – go on record with something and this is straight off of Twitter and they say you're not supposed to get down into the mud uh, on Twitter, but we had somebody who, who commented and they're a hundred percent right. Somebody said, because I was really nervous about the game against the Colts and I, the name of the person is escaping me, but they were 100% right when they're like, this is so on brand for Jamie. This is the guy who's had the audacity to say that the Bills could lose out the rest of the season. <laughs> I, I I need to say that it's not it's not that I think the Bills are going to lose games. It's that I'm afraid they're going to lose games, and I have so much anxiety about it. <laughs> I I I wish that I was always the uh rose-colored glasses person but I'm always that the ha- the cup is half empty person when it comes to the teams that I root for. Um so my response to that comment was can you imagine having this much bills related anxiety that I probably need to be medicated. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, I tell you, man, that last drive, man, when Rivers got the ball back, I mean, I looked at you and you were lost words. And it's, it, I did it feel like a Billsy thing was going to happen. Yes, I mean, <laughs> I think anybody, I mean, everybody, pretty much felt that way. Like I was thinking, like my brain, because I got quiet and I was like, okay, when am I gonna get on the podcast and say? How am I going to answer all these phone calls? Everybody going like, oh, the Bills is like, if we lose this game. And if we would have lost, it, it would have been devastating, man. And we pulled it out. And like I said, I've seen plenty of teams win Super Bowls and they have games like that. You don't just whoop everybody on the way to a right. Super Bowl. You know what I'm saying? I do hope that we could clean things up and play more clean um, and I think like you said, you you touched on it earlier with the Colts. The Colts had Phillip Rivers played well enough to win. He just didn't have help sure. for people. He just he six drop passes. You see what I'm saying? And so us being the better team, it showed especially that drive right before the half. I mean, what was it like 96, 98 yard drive? And yeah. we scored right before the half. I mean, even when we took their best shot, we still went into halftime with the lead. You Know what I'm saying? And they did crazy things going forward on fourth down, drop passes. I mean, so when you say Frank Wright had a great gameplay, yeah, but they also did crazy things. I mean, that game, honestly, if I was a Colts fan, I'm pissed. To yeah. tell you the truth, they left points on the table, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know. But, hey, we won, we survive and move on, man. And, and you and I got the video, man, when we were singing the shout song. And you was like, I have nothing. I have nothing. And I showed that to the kids, man. They were dying laughing. Really, they were, really? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. You was like, because you got Tutu over there in the corner crying. And then it's, yeah. it's uh, when I come home and I see the dude on ESPN. They showed him crying, man. And I explained that to my daughter. She's like, why that dude crying? I'm like, that dude crying, man? Tutu over in the corner crying behind me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm like, and I was just like, look here, small. You you've just you been here on this earth for 13 years. When we moved to Richmond, you cried. That's because all that's all you knew in your short life. You didn't want to leave your friends. So now multiply that. Like, I've been loving the business since I was your age. So now you add in 30 some plus years of fandom going on 40 years of fandom, you're going to get emotional. And I told her, and I was like, man, we play." And I love once once the uh, the game time came out that we're going to play uh, Baltimore at 8 o'clock and she's supposed to have an AAU tournament. I'm like, you better hope that you – because we don't get the game times until like two days before the game. Oh, no. I'm like, you better hope y'all don't play at 8 o'clock because if it's between your AAU game and the Bills, you know you coming up short. And she, like, <laughs> and she was like, What are you saying? And I'm like, I'm telling you exactly what you th- you need to find a ride. You need to g- get a hooper. You better do something because I'm going to be somewhere watching my Buffalo Bills. And so we went back and forth. And yeah. I was like, Look here, Simone, let me make it very clear to you. If you want me to come to your wedding, you better hope we're not playing in the Super Bowl. You understand? Yeah. But I plan my wedding a year out in advance and this and that. And I was like, I don't care. Don't make me make a choice.
1: You understand? Would you believe that I accidentally scheduled my wedding uh, during the final four?
0: Oh, my God. Are you serious? Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then, like, when we realized it, I was like,
0: oh, no. (laughs)
1: Uh, By the way, uh, going back, it was at Will Will Vile Heater that was interacting with us uh, on Twitter. And specifically... He wrote, "Hearing Jamie talk about this upcoming game is very on brand. This was the same man who had the audacity to insinuate we wouldn't win another game midway through the season. Love you guys. <laughs> He's so right.
0: Yeah. yeah <laughs> man. Hey, that's good. though. That's when you know you made. It. When people call you the task, man, that's when you know you made it, man. You know, and I deserve it too. Yeah, you do, man. But hey, but you, <laughs> you're real though. You're a real fan, dude, and you give your thoughts." Uh, whether people like it or not, and you get—you mean you just gotta respect it, dude. I mean, you're a real fan. You—you could get on here and posture for the fans and tell everybody what you want to, what they want to hear, and all that. But I mean, there ain't nothing wrong with that. I was scared. The big fellow sure. was scared, man. I ain't got no doubt. I have no way I'm gonna tell you anything different. I was scared in the fourth quarter of that game. You know? Sure. So, I don't. I think mean, that was that. a
1: very anxiety-inducing game. A game because there were so many plays that went their way, the dropped passes by the Colts, the bad decisions by the coaching staff. Had they gone a different direction, you would have had a different outcome. And, what? you know, it was a culmination of that. You got to the fourth quarter. It was like, well, geez, if they do catch that pass, if Frank Reich does make the proper choices from a coaching perspective, I could see them marching down the field here. But they didn't. They right. didn't. And, oh, by the way, the, I don't know if we can talk about that game without discussing the failure in the NFL instant replay system. When the guy for the Colts is ruled down by contact, it was very obviously a fumble. It was under two minutes left. It would have iced the game for Buffalo.
0: But they didn't overrule it. Fail. 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 <laughs> And it's funny because I discussed this with my daughter. She plays AAU basketball. Simone plays AAU basketball. I always talk about that. And I be telling her, man, sometimes you're going to get calls and sometimes you won't. And I think that was one of the things where you can't go back and look at that film. And you got to realize they deliberated over that thing for like – 10 minutes. They I know it was so long. They came back. They went to commercial. They came back. And I'm just like, dude, I it's more than them just looking at that play. Somebody was in that ear, I guarantee you, and was saying something like, Hey man, look, you didn't give the Bills all these calls on them toe taps. Cause everybody right. was saying, Oh no, that was an incomplete pass. And they gave we got a lot of calls that game until that call. You see what I'm saying? So that's what you got to kind of watch out for. Once you get, and I tell her this in basketball, once you get like a couple of calls and you got to expect there's going to be some calls that go against you naturally, especially a play like that that would have turned the whole game. Because if we would have got the ball right there, that would have been essentially that's the end of the game. But they gave it back to them. They got the ball with whatever seconds left. Phillip Rivers wasn't able to really do anything with it. And then we wind up winning. You see what I'm saying? And, you
1: know, the thing is, Bills fans would have blamed that call if they had lost the game. But I was sitting there saying to you, okay, got to make another play. Got to make two or three more plays here. Because that's the reality of it. The game isn't over at that point. You still have a chance to make a play. And they did. And that shows this team's resilience. So let me ask you a question. Before the season began, and this was a very – common refrain amongst people, but the season would be a disappointment if the season would be a disappointment if the Bills didn't win a playoff game. Well, here they are. They won their playoff game. Honestly, I'm satisfied and everything else to me is gravy because I feel like you can't move the goalpost right now. My expectations are that this could be a Super Bowl team. However, if they were to lose in the next
0: round to a very tough Baltimore team, would you be upset? No, and and once again, you know me, man. I don't move. I don't move the finish line. The goal was to win the division, win a home playoff game. We've exceeded that. Whatever happens now is gravy. Now, I don't want them to hear this and feel that way. But yes, right. if, we, if we lose, especially if it's Baltimore. Like, I could see us losing this game. I mean, I think we're going to win, but I could see us losing this game. So, I feel like it would be unrealistic and selfish of a Bills fan to be mad if you lose. You see what I'm saying? Because then you're moving the finish line. You know what I'm saying? I think we can win. We're, We're right where I want us to be as a franchise. And hopefully, we can continue to be, you know what I'm saying, like uh, players in the NFL playoffs the next whatever years. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You look at this class, now you got Baker Mayfield, you got Josh Allen, you got uh, Lamar Jackson of this uh, quarterback class from a couple of years ago. They're all in the second round of play. They're all in the final eight. You know what I'm saying? So yep. hopefully we could be here for the next couple of years, probably like my homes. That's where you want to be. You want to be in a situation where you're competing every year. So I think we're set up to do that. Only thing that worries me when it comes to that is Leslie Frazier's going out on job interviews. Okay, uh, Dable's going on job job interviews. So that's the only thing that I'm apprehensive about giving Josh Allen the money now. I will, and I'm not saying he don't deserve it. Pay the man because he's worth his market value. But if we can extend him one year and let him, I want to see what he does without Dable's at OC. Without, I want to see if it's him or is it the play calling. You see what I'm saying? And then I will feel better about paying him. Because once again, man, once you give a quarterback all that money, you better, and we have a good GM. He makes some hits and he makes some misses. But you once you pay a quarterback, you can have misses. Because you see against the uh Colts, man, we have no pass rush, dude. Like if we can't None. get the real, we need a defensive end that could apply pressure. Okay. And maybe we could draft one. But that's what that should be the immediate need on the draft list and on free agency, we got to get somebody here that could put pressure on a quarterback. You know what I'm Yeah, saying? I expected
1: more from Mario Addison this year. Yeah, that's right. I
0: expected more from Mario
1: Addison. I expected more from Ed Oliver. I, I expected these guys to be getting to the quarterback far more frequently than they are. And, yeah, it's it's a need. And, you know, we have we have the offseason, off-season to talk about their needs, and we will. Um, but when it comes to Josh Allen, I have an important question for you. Do you find him handsome? Do you think Josh <laughs> Allen is handsome?
0: I mean, I I don't make it my business to judge guys. I kind of judge guys off of how their girlfriends look. His girlfriend looks <laughs> attractive. So I figured, I mean, somebody think he's cute. So, I mean, I'll leave it at that. I mean, you know. And I, I asked you this
1: about Stephen Hauschka before the season began. Uh, But Josh Allen, would you
0: loan him money? (laughs) I would definitely loan Josh Allen some money because he's going to get paid. So, Yeah. yeah. Get I him. would loan him money and just hold it over his head forever. You know, like, if I loaned him $100, and he'd be like, all right, big nude, i give it back. I'd be like, no, 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 I don't want you to give it back. I just want you to keep owing me. And then so, every time I want to come for tickets, or when I come to Buffalo, I'd be like, man, you owe me $100. He'd be like, here. i am like, no, I don't want it. I just want to hold it over <laughs> his head. <laughs> <laughs> he I know. want you to forever be in my debt. So, yeah, I would definitely uh, loan Josh Allen some money. Well, judging by the way, Everybody seems to react to you. I, I'm sure
1: he would feel he, he would feel gracious to even be in your presence like Jim Kelly was, like Sal Capaccio was, like Kim Pagula was, like Pinto Ron was. <laughs> all the celebrities, they all seem to love you. Like like the entire University of Michigan basketball team who decided they wanted to have their pictures taken with you (laughs) after the game and the cheerleaders and the people in the stands, man, uh, like I keep saying, just please let me ride your coattails after you become a big star. No man. really we, we know that you're the only reason anybody listens to this show. <laughs> no
0: way, man. You're the one that brought me on, man. They can't have me without you, so Yeah, well, I,
1: I may absolve you of that at some point. Anyway. <laughs> Big game coming up this weekend, man. I, I'm looking forward to it. I, I'm glad that it's in Buffalo. Sixty seven hundred people in the stands look like way more than that. And John know Oh God and it sounded way more than that too. John Bacchasino, who I also do a podcast with, uh, he writes for Buffalo Rumblings, and he still doesn't have his voice, and it's three days after the fact, and we couldn't record our podcast because he he doesn't sound like himself. His throat still hurts because he decided he wanted to individually add uh, another 10, 20 decibels to the stadium, and proud of him for that, man. Proud of everybody who made it seem like there were more people in the stands than seven grand.
0: And it felt good, man, because you could hear them. And you and it was at times where Phillip Rivers had that he tried to go with audible and they had the receivers had to run like, what, what? And I'm like, man, this is only 7,000 people. And he had he couldn't even hear his quarterback. Could you imagine if we were in Buffalo this weekend and we had 75, 80,000 people in that stadium, it would have been deafening. Absolutely.
1: It would have been, they they probably would have broken records for decibel level in in a stadium. And, you know, they always talk about how loud Seattle is. Well, the reason Seattle is loud is because of the way the stadium is built and sound can't escape. Mm -hmm. This stadium, Bill's Stadium, hasn't changed in years and has nothing to do with the acoustics of the stadium. It's that people in Buffalo are freaking loud loud when their team is on the field. And I love Bills Mafia for it.
0: Best fans in the NFL by far, man. I'm glad to call myself part of Bills Mafia.
1: Bills Mafia, and we hope that they continue listening. Hey, man, it has been a fun, fun time chatting with you. Sandwiched between two playoff games. This is good stuff. So do you have a song for us before we wrap up here? Hey, hey, hey.